Welcome to Saturday. Yes, it's another episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. I am Sean, and once again, I am joined by my, my wonderful guest co-host, Ashley. And ladies and gentlemen, she was at Bud and Guts this past week. So this is going to be a very special AEW Bud and Guts review show here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling this week. Ashley, have you recovered from your wonderful night of professional wrestling? I'm still trying. <laughs> Thursday was rough. <laughs> but it was worth it. Well, let's slide on to the sunny six questions here. It's time for the stunning six question. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. One question for you, Ashley, that comes from Collision last week. In my first stunning question, do you agree with Dave Meltzer that the FTR versus Bullet Club Gold match was only 5.25 stars? That match was so good. I knew it was going to be good going into it, and then watching it happen was... It's like when you just know something awesome is happening, you're like, yeah, this is going to be... This is going to be good at the end of it, you know? They had that one, like, kind of wonky spot where, like, I thought somebody got hurt legitimately. It kind of scared me for a second when Dax in uh, Switchblade went over the guard railing, and it kind of... It looked like Jay kind of maybe landed on the back of his head or something because they had the doctor to run over, and that scared me for a second, but everybody seemed okay afterward. And then they just kept, you know, powering through. And that match was so good. 5.25 stars works for me. I tend not to pay too much attention to the star ratings. I, I loved it as a fan. I was very excited. I thought they killed it out there. This, I, this was so good for FTR in this kind of wonky title reign they've had uh, since winning the titles back. I think Jay and Deuce have been exactly what they needed to kind of get people involved in this again. You know, Ashley, I agree with you. I thought when that injury spot happened, I thought, oh no, they're going to have to stop the match and figure out some way to say, well, hey, FDR keeps the title no matter the fact that Bullet Cup vote won the first fall. And I was going like, how they're going to do it? I was happy that nobody was injured. And that first fall took 28 minutes to get to. Then it was like another 17 minutes before we get the next fall. And with that second fall, Ashley... I was thinking they were going to go 60 minutes and we're going to have a time limit draw and they're going to go like, you know, have FTR get the one, two, then the bell would ring for the time limit. Yeah. And we would have this match later on. I'm kind of glad they had a decisive win. I think, I think FTR might've needed that. I'm not saying like, you know, like obviously they're, they're great, but it kind of had some weird matches and weird feuds lately. So I think having that big decisive win over Chain Juice was really good. Um, I hope we get to see them come back into it. Um, but I'm very excited for FTR going on against Adam Cole and MJ. Later on, we'll get to that. But before we leave this match, I'm happy that they had that decisive finish, like you said, Ashley. But that decisive finish, it didn't hurt Juice Robinson or Jay White. I feel like they got elevated through this match. And I loved like I love the like the post match interaction, like FTR trying to shake their hands after all of that, and Jay and Juice seemingly kind of seeming to consider it. And then Jay kind of like spitting in their direction and then like walking off because that's that's Jay White. <laughs> yes, Ashley, that's Jay White doing Jay White things. And yes, that's, that's always a good thing. Okay, Ashley, we're moving over to our second standing question. How was the live experience watching Bud and Guts? Insane. When Moxley pulled out that nail board, um, I, I was like this, <laughs> covering my eyes, uh, very afraid for everyone involved. Um... Pack doing that swing when he was holding onto the top of the cage and he kind of like swung and stomped onto Nick Jackson on the table through the two rings. 
oh my god seeing that stuff in live was nuts kodai bushi just punching everybody in the face <laughs> so funny you know my favorite spot of this was nick jackson on top of the ring with Buryuta, and he's doing his rolling like german suplexes and i'm going i hope you know where the edge is and i was happy they backed up for that third one kind of had a moment too where they looked like they were getting like they weren't like close enough for like anything to happen but you could tell like Matt still pulled up a few more feet just to give them a little more space and then did it again. And I was like, smart, just in case, you know, you don't want him to like stand up and have like less space than he thinks or something. Yeah, I, I was happy they decided, oh, hey, that's the last spot we're doing on top of the cage. We're going back down. Yeah, yeah, because then Wheeler got down and Matt then uh, rained down the thumbtacks onto, from the from the top. You know, I've really thought this match was well paced the only complaint i have watching this on tv was the fact that they had so many commercials they had five commercial breaks through this hour match Oof, they do a lot it's tough with an hour-long match i understand but some, sometimes it's gonna have to hurt and you're gonna have to 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 give us a, a little ad free you know 20 minute section you know <laughs> like the whole session where pat came down from to be the enter into the ring most of that was in picture and picture and there was a brain buster spot that was literally in Pitcher and Pitcher, and they had to do a replay of that so the people at home could see it. Not the one on the chair. Yeah, that spot, yes. But overall, I thought it was a great match. And I just, I tweeted out to Tony, I'm like, Tony, you need to have a sponsor for this match. Somebody should be able to pay you some money for like an, an hour of TV time. That's why I heard a lot of people say like that should have been like on pay per view because then you would have gotten the uh, you would have paid for it along with other matches obviously but you would have gotten the no commercials no interruptions and stuff like that I don't know if I necessarily just can disagree but that's because I was there so I'm a little biased <laughs> Well, you know, if they decided to go to a long a more pay per view model I wouldn't mind one of them being like oh pay per view X with blood and guts yeah sign me up that's another fifty dollars I'll give Tony yes okay I still hope we get a women's one in the future. Let's talk about that, Ashley, because Britt Breger tweeted out like the week before that she wants to do a women's blood and gut match. I fully support her. <laughs> I would love to see it. And it kind of felt like that was what maybe was getting built to until Jamie got hurt. But I feel like once she comes back, I think we could do it. You know, it would have if she wouldn't have got hurt, they could easily done the outcast versus Britt and Jamie and their crew. In Bud and Guts, and I feel like that would have been a hotter feud than the feud with the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, there was so much building up to it. Everybody was really invested with Jamie Hader as the champion and stuff. <clears throat> we kind of touched on like the women's division last week and how they kind of get so little time. And I feel like with what little time they had, they had everybody in that storyline. And I know that we had some weeks that kind of it was kind of like dragging a little bit, but then we would get a big development and then we'd move on. I hope she comes back and we can kind of pick up theme, like kind of where we left off with that, because I feel like it's taken quite the backseat since she left. You know, I really feel like the same way, Ashley. And we'll talk about later on here. There was a women's match on this show. I don't think announced before the show. I didn't see it announced before the show. I saw it when we went in, it, they flashed a, the graphic for it. And if you blink your eye, you would have missed it. <laughs> exactly. And I love Britt Baker. So I was I was still excited this year. I, I don't. Okay, Ashley, this is probably going to be a very crazy question to ask you, but should Team Better Than You, Baby, beat FTR for the tag team titles coming up next? I think it's next collision, not this collision tonight. It's the falling collision. 
I think I want it more than anything right now. <laughs> That's I was laughing so hard with that whole stuff on Wednesday. Watching MJF like come out high fiving fans and like hugging Adam Cole, <laughs> dancing around, just stevie like a baby face was fantastic. I I'm very excited. I I don't know if they'll win, but I don't want to see them break up regardless. I don't want it just yet. I think we need to milk this as long as we kind of can right now. You know, Ashley, I was kind of scared there for a second because we saw at the end of the match, Adam Cole had the AEW World title in his hand just a little bit too long for MJF's liking. Yeah. And he's like, bro, that's mine. And then everybody started chanting, hug it out. <laughs> okay, here's my question for you, Ashley. Figure pop, the hug or the double arm clothesline? Oh my God, probably the double arm clothesline. That we everybody was so ready for that the entire match, and when they hit it, there were people just like jumping up and down. I was like, "This is the kind of stuff that just makes me love wrestling." Is <laughs> like I was telling you before we came on air, I was like, "Going, I can't believe a double arm clothesline, one of the most basic moves in professional wrestling, when you have two really hot talents that can get the freaking thing over." They, when they looked at each other and they did the double clothesline, everybody was like, yeah! <laughs> like, the simplest things. I love it. <laughs> and this bromance is continuing to grow here, and I feel it's like they're basically going to turn Roddy, because we saw Roddy that night, and he's going like, Adam, Adam, what about me? And Adam just walks off. I just, I feel like there's a couple of ways it could go now, and that's what I like about it, is I think it, it got over more than anybody expected it to. Like, I think people, you know, Adam Cole and MJF are two of the most talented people in the locker room. There's no doubts about their their abilities, but to to watch how funny they've been together, to watch their chemistry together, I don't think anybody really expected it. So I think you kind of just got to roll with it. Uh, you think you kind of got to give it some more time if you, do, if you do do something nuts and put the titles on them, give them a short reign. Have them have it for like a month or so, you know? You know, do some more comedy bits and then have them dissolve and break down or something like that. But give us a little more of this together. Too good. <laughs> I mean, they had a hell of a match between them and Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. I thought Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara didn't get hurt losing to him. No, and they are two of the most talented young people in AEW. They are so good. I've gotten to see both of them a couple of times live now. Every single time. Amazing. Daniel Garcia is so good. He's so funny. The way, how far he's come from, like, how he was when he first came in is, like, night and day. Okay, Ashley, so how over was the dance-off at the beginning of this match? Oh, so over. <laughs> and everybody loved the uh, the ending of the Garcia uh, Sammy one when Garcia, like, slid in and his head popped out in between Sammy's legs. I gotta feel sorry for Britt Becker. She had to be back in Gorilla watching this on, on a monitor going, like, I date this dude called Adam Cole, and he's out here looking like a freaking idiot. I was not expecting that. <laughs> you know, I'm still waiting for Britt Baker to get on camera with these two guys going like, Adam, come on, almost back you out of this. I want to do some here. It's either me or MJF. You got to pick. But the seemingly slowing down with the, uh, you know, like the outcasts and Britt Baker and stuff, like, please throw her in just one of these vignettes or something for right now. <laughs> I want to see her, like, walk in on them doing something or something. The fuck are you doing? <laughs> okay, we're moving on to our fourth study question. Ashley, I know this is Ibushi's first time on AWTV and North America TV proper, 
he's done some spot shows with like game chasing wrestling, but was he just a little bit rusty or he just not familiar with American TV setup? Could be. Never having been here before or necessarily on like national American television, it's very possible he was unfamiliar. I, I'm not aware, you know, I don't know how much he knows. Um, I know Kenny Omega mentioned after the match that he did a little bit of a speech um, and he had mentioned that Kota had just flown in like the day before from Japan. So I imagine there might have been some jet lag and some tired because it's that's not a, a quick flight or anything. That's that's a couple of flights and, and quite a few hours. So, I mean, I, there's a, probably a few things. Um, I've seen the discourse online. For me, it rolls right off me. I saw him live. That's... <laughs> I was, it was so good. I don't care. You know, actually, I feel like some of us forget that Kota is coming off a major injury for his time in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that was, was out for a long time. Yeah. And like you said, he flew over here and jet lag was probably part of the reason. I was just happy to see the dude on American TV. I didn't think we'd ever get to a point where he would be on American TV. I know. Well, I heard also that like there was some like bad cuts and stuff like that. Again, we, we kind of touched a little on like production issues and stuff like that. And I thought I was hoping we were kind of going to work toward it. But I, I've seen some of the cuts that were made and stuff like that. Like there was, you know, like the point of like Kota Ibushi coming in was to, to be like Kenny Omega and him were, you know, they're the golden lovers. They wanted they were going to hug and stuff and they kind of like cut the camera away before it happened. You know, that's a big spot. That's a big moment for the fans and for television fans. It's kind of weird that they seemingly kind of miss these spots sometimes so i'm hoping actually this is not the only time we see ibushi on AEW TV, and i've got a feeling that it's not gonna be i don't think so either especially with what, what kenny was saying after the um with after the show because i would love to see those two go after the tag team titles because i feel like this tag team division with them in it would be even better I will say I don't think it'll be the last time because uh, as somebody pointed out, and it was kind of noticeable even live, Hegman made quite the face when uh, Kenny and Coda were kind of embracing in the ring. He didn't seem too thrilled about it. So I kind of see maybe if we can get a if we can get a, a Hangman Coda Ibushi rematch from that Ring of Honor a few match a few years ago, I'm in. That match was amazing. That would be pretty cool. I feel like Hangman just got back with the elite. Now his loyalty with Omega is going to be questioned because here's Omega's old friend and Hangman's looking at him like, dude, I'm your partner. And we've kind of seen Hangman's struggles with friendship already and, you know, his value in his place with his friends and things like that through, you know, the stuff with the elite. And I think a, a big thing that was it, it was kind of little, but no, nobody really picked up on it. They hit the last call. And they hadn't hit that since they were like the tag team champions. You know, they be trigger in the buckshot to the back. Yeah. So I, that was awesome. And then it was kind of like right after that, Kota Ibushi comes out and kind of takes his friend away again. And he's kind of got this face on like, again? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? You know, it, I feel like Hangman's just looking around going like, yes, I'm like the sixth will now. Yeah. Yeah, almost. And like, I, it's just like another layer to this like already really layered elite friendship kind of storyline they've had going since the beginning you know actually one of the cool things about this match coming out of blood and guts there's so many freaking storylines now because we saw the black cool combat club team basically implode as the two non-members decide well we're losing this match i ain't gonna lose i'm leaving yeah that seemed like um like don Callis had grabbed uh takeshita 
Like, like, come on, like these dudes are losers. Like, let's get out of here before this reflects on you type of thing, you know? <laughs> and I love how... Um, I just wanted to say quick, I also wonder how, like, Claudio is going to react for, like, Moxley tapping out for Yuta. I think maybe that might cause a little something there because it seems a little maybe weak on Moxley's part to, to submit for Yuta like that. Actually, I want to see Moxley's phone to see if Brian da- Danielson sent him a text. Like, dude... That's this right, dude. That's this Will Will Yuta. What are you doing? <laughs> Brian Dawson went on his Instagram and posted a picture of the X-ray after his surgery, and they're talking about him being out maybe eight to nine weeks. So fingers crossed for him to get back in the ring soon. But I'm happy that he had the surgery, and we're wishing best recovery. That dude is my my goat. <laughs> he is seven else because I think I said it maybe two weeks ago when he had the injury. I'm going like, if that happened to me, I would love that. O'Connor go like, dude, Rainmaker done. Rainmaker and done. <laughs> this guy was, he finished up like 20 more minutes. He was out in the crowd afterwards singing Final Countdown with the fans. <laughs> Went into the back and did the the scrum. <laughs> oh boy, that's crazy. Okay, we're moving on to our fifth study question, Ashley. We're going to probably the most controversial part of Blood and Guts from this past Wednesday night. And it was the first match. Hook's year-long undefeated streak came to an end at the hands of one Jack Perry. Is this the right person to defeat Hook? I think for what they're trying to do for Jungle Boy, he needed. it. As far as it being the right person, I, I'm willing to give it a chance because I'm willing to see where this, this Hollywood Jack Perry is going. I kind of wasn't too big on the first promo, but I did like this like vignette thing that he did this week. The Beethoven was certainly a choice <laughs> for the, the new entrance theme. But I want to see where Hollywood Jack Perry goes. He's come so far in everything he's done. I'm willing to see where the promos are going to go, especially now with him with the title and being able to hold this over hook. And now it puts him up on a level with Christian and Luchasaurus, who have the TNT title. You know, actually, when that limbo came out in the desert, for a second, when that door opened, I was thinking, you're going to have Christian inside of it. And he's going to go like, well done, my son. Let's go. I don't know if we can go back to it now with Jack being a heel unless you kind of have Christian do something like that. Like, uh, you know, like you've learned finally, you know, like kind of thing. True. Very true. Now, I'm hoping the Beethoven thing is just a fill-in because they got something better down the pipeline for this heel Jack Perry character. Just like you, it kind of felt out of place. I don't mind the spotlight and him coming down with this one spotlight. But the choice of music was someone else. Yeah, I find that it very well. So the the fu Jack chants at the beginning of the match were uh, were pretty uh, loud. <laughs> and I got a feeling that we're going to see Hook get his comeuppance on Jack Perry down the road. But we just needed to get this Hill Jack Perry character off the ground, and that's why we had the defeat there by devious means. Plus, I would also like to see Hook be a little more vocal. He, for, you know, since his debut in AEW, he hasn't, he's, that's been his aura. He's very quiet and mysterious and stuff. But like, I'd like to see like a different side of him now that he got screwed out of his belt. You know, like I want to see him a little more angry and coming out for revenge and, you know, like stuff like that. I think we should get a little more emotion out of Hook, kind of move them both up a little bit. I can see that, Ashley, because I get a feeling that since Hook's been there for like a year, maybe over a year. Has he said more than a couple paragraphs on TV? I don't think so. And like, we've I've seen him like in some of the vlogs and stuff. So I know like he's capable of like speaking more than that. So 
I want us to see a, like a more of a, you know, more of a presence and 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 more input in what's what's going on with the storyline with, you know, with his actions and and his promos and stuff. So, well, I feel like they got both these guys on a good starting point. And AEW has a history of having good starting points. Tony's problem is landing the ending. I want them to land the ending because these two guys are part of your future. Yeah. Okay, Ashley, sixth and final stunning question. We had a, a women's match on this card, and if you went and got a drink or something, you would have missed it because it was Britt Baker having a basically squash match with a local Boston talent. Yeah, Kayla Sparks said, I think her introduction, while it was probably on commercial break because it was just Justin Roberts saying, oh, we have local talent, Kayla Sparks here. So I know that wasn't on TV. You know, I think that introduction was longer than the entirety of the match. <laughs> and... <sighs> I love Britt Baker. I, I want to see Britt Baker. I, I will pay for its ticket to go see Britt Baker. Like, give her it to me. Put her in a match. Put her in a real match. Give me five minutes at least. I, I, I said it last week. I don't think there's really any excuse to not get a promo, a five-minute match, something, sometimes. I know Blood and Guts was going to be time-consuming, but we've fit three regular, you know, regular-length matches in an hour before. I don't know why we couldn't have done it this week. Yeah, because I really felt like this match was here as a, forgive me, a token women's match. It's like, oh, we haven't had one women's match on the card. Oh, here, we're going to give the crowd Britt Baker because they love Britt. They won't mind. It's going to be like a minute and a half if it's lucky to be a minute and a half. Her entrance, I'm pretty sure, was longer than the entirety of the match. And that's disappointing because we've seen Kayla Sparks um, a couple of times on like Elevation and Dark. and I, But I've seen her a few times. She's very talented. I would love to see her get like, three minutes of offense in or something like that, you know? Can't always just have these squash matches. That's what we just had last week with Taya. Yeah, exactly. I was like going, let the talent hit one or two of their moves. Let us get invested in this person you have been in a ring with them. You're AEW. You're like the second biggest professional wrestling company in North America. You wouldn't let just anybody in your ring. We know that. Just let them do some stuff. And you're right. And that's kind of what it seems like when they just have somebody on where there's no introduction. There's no like, I don't always need like a, you know, a vignette for everybody, but just like a, this is Kayla Sparks from Boston, Massachusetts, you know, like just give me the details. And I feel like sometimes like even that gets kind of glossed over. Exactly. But overall, Ashley, I feel like you love the live experience and watching it at home. I enjoyed the two hours of wrestling. And I, at the end of it, I was wishing we had this a little bit longer there. Yeah, I agree. Okay, answer your question here. How do you feel about the winner of the Royal Rampage this past Friday night? How do you feel about Darby Allen being the one to go for the, the TNT title? I don't know why we didn't go with Swerve. I feel like he was right there, and after the last Rumble he, he where he lost to Orange Cassidy, I felt like he could have like used that big win. I know he just had the win with Nick Wayne. I was thinking maybe the... The, the chain will be to put the belt on Darby to have Swerve beat Darby for the title instead of Swerve being Luchasaurus, which I think would be more effective in a way. I think we may be on our way to, to four-time TNT champion Darby Allen. Actually, I just feel like Darby's past the TNT title phase. I feel like he needs to be a next step up. He was literally one of the four people inside that pillar match for the AEW World title back in May. And I feel like that's where he should belong now. He's graduated from TNT title level. And I will say the TNT title has kind of not felt as important as almost any other title in AEW right now. Christian, like Christian is a great mouthpiece to have behind it, but we haven't really done anything with Luchasaurus as the champion. It kind of felt really watered down at, like, with the Wardlow powerhouse Hobbs 
angle that they were going back and forth with for a bit. And they haven't really brought it back up to like where it was at the beginning. Like the, the, it felt like the, you know, like the, how important it felt. Whereas like, I feel like Orange Cassidy's international title reign has kind of taken over how, like that spot, if that feels like the more important title, the more prestigious title to go after. Actually, I really feel like Orange Cassidy has done it with the international title. I remember when that title was introduced at the all Limit title and everybody's going like, come on, Tony, we have enough titles here. I also agree with you, Ashley. I feel like Swerve Swinton would do wonders to this TNT title and he could repair the prestige of this title because unlike Christian, he can actually get in, do more in the ring and he's just as good at the talkers as Christian C- Cage. And honestly, like, give me a promo battle between Christian Cage and Swerve Strickland, <laughs> you know? Like, give me that one time. I'd love to see that. I don't feel like you need to go babyface versus heel for this title. You don't need a turd swerve. Him just being in the ring with Christian and Luchasaurus would automatically kind of make him a tweener. And he could be the same old Swerve Strickland. Yeah, and he can just do his heel stick, win the title. It's not going to do anything to Christian because he's not the champion, you know, <laughs> even though he's parading around with the belt as if he is. I don't know. Even Darby going back to it right now makes a lot of sense. I think we should have put it on Swerve. I think we should have gone with Swerve for that. Actually, I feel like they're going to look back during the summer here and going like, we should have done that. And I don't know what they got in store for Darby. We'll see as we continue each and every week here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. But we're going to bring the Sunny Six questions to the end here. And actually, I'm moving over to the good, the bad, and the ugly in this week of professional wrestling. And now it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly in the week that was professional wrestling. Ashley, what was your good this week? Good all around. MJ and Cole. <laughs> Just anything and everything. For me personally, getting to see Pac and Ibushi live. I enjoyed Blood and Guts. I know it's kind of got the mixed reactions and, and mixed reviews online, but I enjoyed it. My bad is, again, this women's division that seemingly is just still struggling along, kind of going with Darby for the TNT title again. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of that. Also good, I also wanted to mention FTR and Bulk Bull. Don't forget about that. Amazing. And ugly? I don't know if I could say anything was too ugly this week for me, except for, again... A quick two-minute match, if that. I hate that so much. <laughs> I'll double back on your good, because I never thought I would love another mashup thing of, as much as I do Adam Cole's fame mashup with MJF's. I'm going like... MJF's face and reaction to it, too, because he was like, you're playing my theme again. What happened? <laughs> and then he was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, like, this reaction, MJF has a future in Hollywood. This guy can act. And that's just, normally I would be like, oh, geez, they just went in the direction of a mashup thing. But this one, I was like, if it's the team, I mean, like everything down to the matching jackets and tights. Oh, my God. When Adam Cole pulled out the jackets, MJF was like, oh, my God. I saw somebody talking about it. And I was like, I love this so much. Like, he just genuinely seems like he loves Adam Cole. And like, just fundamentally, who he is as a human being is not going to allow him to, like, keep this going. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I feel like the way they get this character, like, portrayed on TV is, like, he's self-destructing with his friendships. Yeah, but it's, like, what he wants more than anything. Like, the, the video game uh, vignette they did when he was like, we need friends to play online. So if I never got to do that. And I was like, man, like, stop. Like, see, like, you want to see him have a friend, but you know he's the a douche, you know, it's gonna get 
messed up in the end. <laughs> okay, so actually for my bad, I was going to go with AEW uh, production. Come on, guys. You're a second-tier professional wrestling company in North America with a major backer. You guys got to step your game up. And we kind of talked about these protocols and like letting people know about the spots and the timing of things. And it seems like you would have thought that would have helped things. And it seems like it was almost worse this week from the, the feedback and everything with like missed spots and like cutting the cameras away again at inopportune times. And uh, you don't always need to be flipping that button. You know, we can leave the camera linger for more than 30 seconds sometimes. It's okay. <laughs> Actually, for a second, I thought they hard um, done for the WWE and he just made a guest appearance for one week. Sometimes genuinely, like when I watch like some like WWE stuff, I'm like, oh my God, like it hurts my eyes. And it's not it, like it, it's a shame because like they have really talented people and you want to be able to see what they're doing. <laughs> Tough. <laughs> Ashley, sometimes I just wish I could just send them a tape of like Smoky Mountain Wrestling and go like, hey, look, they had like two cameras. That's all you really need is two. Right. I understand like, you know, like needing, needing to cut away for, you know, obviously certain things, but. Sometimes we're going a bit overboard and even even AEW just like going overboard for like no reason. Sometimes. Like there's no reason to cut the camera and we're just cutting the camera. Okay, Ashley, my ugly this week came from Ashley NXT. I'm going back to this past week's episode of NXT. Gigi Dillon had a match against Corona James. Gigi Dillon's so talented, but yet they don't want to do anything with her in WWE. I'm kind of wishing that she gets out of this contract and she can go back to the innovative scene where she can do her own stuff. It's like, she's so freaking good. We've seen her do some great things outside of WWE. She had a good room with toxic attraction. Now there's like, oh, here's here as a gatekeeper, enhancement talent. Have fun. I'm surprised she hasn't, like, they haven't moved her up or anything. I know, actually. I just don't know what's going on with NSC. I don't know if they are going like, we need a vendor down there to help the new girls out, and she's good at what she does, and they just kind of pistol her in like Dolph Ziggler. Okay. I mean, granted, I don't want her to have the Dolph Ziggler physician, but I feel like that's what's going on. Right. No, because then your healing is there, and that's it, you know? And, like, that sucks, too, because Dolph, Dolph is great. <laughs> so we're going to bring this episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling to it, and Ashley, where can we find your amazing takes on professional wrestling? Uh, I am on Twitter. It's um, at Groovy underscore Ash underscore. And ladies and gentlemen, until we see you this coming up Tuesday as David makes his return to Radio Free Professional Wrestling, stay stunning. Christina here. On behalf of the guys, thanks for listening. Like the show? Do us a favor and share it with a friend. Have a stunning question? Email it to the show at RadioFreeProWrestling at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been Radio Free Pro Wrestling. Stay stunningly.